Welcome to Falun Gong News, direct from China and around the world, from the Minghui website. Topics include news about the persecution of Falun Gong in China, local events, and special items of interest. Now for this week's stories. Human Rights Day sparks worldwide accountability for crimes against humanity in China. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, initiated a brutal persecution of Falun Dafa, also known as Falun Gong, in 1999. This year, Falun Dafa practitioners from 44 countries submitted an updated list of criminal perpetrators to their respective governments in advance of Human Rights Day, held each year on the 10th of December. The countries included were the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand, as well as all 27 countries in the European Union and 12 countries in Asia, Europe, and the Americas. That included Japan, South Korea, Indonesia, Switzerland, Norway, Liechtenstein, Israel, Mexico, Argentina, Colombia, Chile, and the Dominican Republic. The practitioners urged these governments to hold the listed perpetrators accountable for the persecution of Falun Gong in China, to freeze their overseas assets and bar them and their family members from entry. Information concerning the criminal activities of these perpetrators was based on reports from the Mingui website, which is considered a solid and credible source for such information by the U.S. State Department. United Kingdom. Six members of Parliament sent letters to the Falun Dafa Association in the U.K. in recognition of Human Rights Day, expressing their support for Falun Dafa and condemning the CCP's persecution of the practice. These government leaders included Lord Hunt, House of Lords, Mark Pritchard, MP, Ian Murray, MP, Patrick Grady, MP, Ellie Reeves, MP, and Jonathan Edwards, AS, MP. Lord Hunt said, I continue to urge my own government and other governments that we should make it clear to China that we find these practices completely unacceptable. Member of Parliament Ian Murray wrote, the international community should come together with one voice to oppose the persecution of Falun Gong and to stand united against all forms of racism and persecution. Bulgaria. Falun Dafa practitioners in the city of Veliko Tarnova held a series of events on December 2nd to commemorate International Human Rights Day. Practitioners put up informational displays, spoke to passers-by, handed out educational materials, and gathered signatures on a petition condemning the CCP's atrocities over its 24-year-long persecution of Falun Dafa. Many people expressed their support for practitioners. Some drivers even reached out of their windows and took flyers. One elderly visitor to a Falun Dafa booth was shocked 
when he heard about the crime of forced organ harvesting. He said, I have not heard of such a crime, and I read a lot. It's just unbelievable that such atrocities remained hidden for so long. California, USA, the Los Angeles branch of the New Tang Dynasty Television, NTD, along with the Epic Times Media Group, held the first Southern California Media Cultivation Experience Sharing Conference on November 26th. 16 Falun Dafa practitioners talked about how they eliminated their attachments while working for the media and maintained the upstanding clarity of mind a media person should have in order to convey true information to the world. Conference participants reported growing ever more grateful for Master's care, which they felt every step of the way. They cherished the opportunity to cultivate while working for these media companies. New practitioner Rudy recently joined the Epic Times team. He shared that although practicing cultivation in ordinary society does have great challenges, he feels extremely lucky. He said, I am in a field of righteous thoughts built by fellow practitioners. We stay away from the hustle and bustle of the world and all kinds of disputes. Indonesia. Falun Dafa practitioners demonstrated the exercises and distributed information about the practice on December 3rd at Cove at Batavia Pantai Inda Kapik, a tourist attraction in Jakarta's Chinatown. Many people were drawn to the peaceful music and practitioners' graceful exercise movements. Several tourists stopped and watched practitioners as they did the exercises. They talked to practitioners who were handing out flyers. Two men from China refused to take the flyers. A practitioner later approached them and told them about Falun Dafa and the ongoing persecution in China. They said that they did not hold negative opinions about Falun Dafa despite the CCP's propaganda. Before they left, the practitioners urged them to learn about Falun Dafa while they were outside of China. Japan. Falun Dafa practitioners were invited to participate in an exhibition held in the Iwasuki district in Saitama City on November 25th and 26th. Many people stopped at their booth and learned the exercises. The district is famous for Japanese dolls, and many booths featured paintings and traditional handicrafts or were related to health. A booth belonging to the Municipal Government Citizens Activities Support Center was next to the Falun Dafa practitioner's booth. A staff member who helped practitioners set up their booth said, I saw that you held a poster exhibition against forced organ harvesting at the Civic Activity Center. Way to go. Singapore. The Singapore Falun Dafa Association held a quarterly nine-day Falun Dafa introductory class from December 2nd to December 10th. Practitioners introduced the practice to students by playing video recordings of the lectures given by Master Li Hongzhi, Falun Dafa's founder. Some of the program's attendees had practiced Falun Dafa in the past while in China, but stopped due to the CCP's suppression. They were happy to resume cultivation. Several children participated in the program. Seven-year-old Jinjun 
was glad to watch the video lectures every day. She said she had a much better understanding now and knew the purpose of life. Her mother asked what she meant, and the child replied, We have to be good people and return to our origin. According to data collected by the Minghui website, 97 Falun Gong practitioners from 18 provinces, municipalities, and autonomous regions in China were sentenced to prison in November for upholding their faith. Among them, 23 practitioners were given at least five-year sentences. The longest sentence, 12 years, was handed down to a former glass shop owner in Ganshu province for filing a criminal complaint in 2015 against Zhang Zemen, the former head of the CCP, who launched the persecution of Falun Gong. While the practitioner escaped the arrest back in 2015, he was arrested in 2022, after spending seven years on the run and given the lengthy prison term. He will be 73 by the time he finishes serving time. In addition, 46 of the practitioners were fined a total of over 1 million yuan, ranging from 1,000 to over 300,000 yuan per person. A former employee of the Railroad Transportation Bureau was given the highest fine because he refused to sign a statement pleading guilty for practicing Falun Gong. Two practitioners convicted in the group sentencing in Hunan province were each fined 80,000 yuan on top of their eight-year prison sentences. Ms. Zhou Yanying from Dalian City, Liaoning Province, died on November 28th while living away from home to avoid persecution for her faith in Falun Gong at the age of 75. Ms. Zhou was arrested in 2015 after being reported for talking to people about Falun Gong at a fair. She was taken for a physical examination and was found to be unfit for detention. The police released her on one-year bail. In 2016, the Jinzhou District Court sentenced Ms. Zhou to three years with three years probation. In 2020, police raided Ms. Zhou's home and threatened to take her back into custody to serve the three-year prison term given in 2016. In order to avoid being imprisoned, Ms. Joe lived away from home. The police put her on the wanted list and tapped her family members' phones and harassed them. She could not contact her loved ones and lived a very difficult life before passing away. Mr. Du Guofang from Hebei Province has been denied all forms of communication with his family since he was sent to prison on October 17th this year to serve a three-year term for practicing Falun Gong. Mr. Du was arrested during a police sweep in January 2022 and was sentenced to prison earlier this year. However, it's unclear which prison Mr. Du is being held at because the prison officials never notified Mr. Du's family after he was admitted as required by the law. When Mr. Du's wife asked the Prison Administration Bureau about where and when she could visit her husband, 
she was told that Mr. Du was not allowed to see, call, or write to his family because he did not renounce his faith in Falun Gong as ordered. Mr. Yuan Jinming from Shanxi Province was arrested on May 6 this year after a surveillance camera recorded him distributing Falun Gong informational materials in a neighboring county. The arresting officers took him to a detention center and raided his home hours later. The police later submitted his case to the county procuratorate. Mr. Yuan was recently tried without his family's knowledge. His lawyer was allowed to attend the hearing on the condition that he not tell Mr. Yuan's family about it. Mr. Yuan's loved ones eventually found out about his trial through another source, but they still know nothing about the details of his hearing. Mr. Yuan had previously served two prison terms, totaling eight years for his faith in Falun Gong. USA, Chinese regime's attempts to interfere with Shenyang performances exposed. The International Religious Freedom Roundtable recently held a meeting in the U.S. State Department building on December 7th. Representatives of the Falun Dafa Association of Washington, D.C. addressed the meeting and described how the Chinese Communist Party has tried to interfere with Shenyang performances around the world over the years. The International Religious Freedom Roundtable is a non-governmental organization in Washington, D.C. that provides a weekly platform for religious and belief groups worldwide to share information and exchange ideas. Representatives from various relevant U.S. government agencies participate. The U.S. State Department hosted the meeting in its own building to highlight its concern for international religious freedom. The meeting was attended by representatives from dozens of organizations. U.S. Ambassador-at-Large for International Religious Freedom Rashad Hussein and staff from the State Department's Office of Religious Freedom were present. Representatives from the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom and the United States Agency for International Development also attended the meeting and listened as representatives of various organizations spoke. A Falun Dafa practitioner addressed the assemblage on behalf of fellow practitioners and said the Chinese Communist Party has been brutally persecuting Falun Gong for 24 years. It was confirmed that more than 5,000 practitioners have died due to the persecution in China. The actual number is believed to be much higher. There are also a large number of practitioners killed due to the CCP's live organ harvesting. The CCP's transnational suppression of Falun Dafa is also rampant. The most typical case is the CCP's interference with Shenyang performances around the world. The representative said 
that Shenyan Performing Arts was founded in New York by Falun Dafa practitioners. The goal of the U.S. Dance Company is to revive and promote China's 5,000-year-old traditional culture through Chinese classical dance and music. China's traditional culture has been the target of the atheistic CCP for more than 70 years. Xianyun is now the world's premier Chinese classical dance company and tours more than 150 cities on five continents every year. It is widely praised by artists of all ethnic groups and people from all over the world. The practitioner details how the CCP targets Xianyun and spares no effort to disrupt and destroy it, targeting its reputation and material resources. Chinese embassies and consulates in all countries where Shenyang performances are to be held send a threatening message to theaters, media advertisers, and governments that reads, If you allow Shenyang performances, your political and economic relations with China will be seriously damaged. Your theaters and art companies will no longer be able to do business with China and relevant individuals will not be able to obtain entry visas to China. Over the past decade, Shenyang performances have been canceled due to the CCP's sabotage. Pro-communist overseas Chinese community leaders even managed to bribe a U.S. tax official in an attempt to harm Shenyang. These agents were monitored and investigated by the FBI and were eventually arrested in May this year. In addition, more than 70 incidents of sabotage were reported in 25 countries that included outright theft, tire slashing, intimidation, and cyber attacks on Shenyun ticketing websites. The speaker requested that the U.S. State Department increase support and protection for Shenyun Performing Arts Overseas performances. Taiwan Experience Sharing Conference attended by thousands. More than 6,400 Falun Gong practitioners from Taiwan, South Korea, Japan, and other countries took part in a cultivation experience sharing conference in the capital city of Taipei on December 10th. 18 practitioners gave prepared talks on stage about how they practiced cultivation solidly in everyday life and while engaged in Falun Dafa truth clarification projects. Among them was Chen Yu, who began to practice Falun Dafa while in the military. She recounted that at a security conference she attended, personnel were told to note certain sensitive symbols. On the list were Falun Dafa practitioners wearing clothes with messages about Falun Dafa, and even Master's portrait was flagged as sensitive. She was astonished and saddened that the military considered Falun Dafa a threat to security. She struggled over whether to speak up for Dafa. She said, I was afraid my superior would be angry if I spoke up, yet if I didn't clarify things, I felt I was letting Master down, and that was unfair to Dafa. Furthermore, most of the officials at the meeting were high-ranking officials. I could not let them have the wrong impression of Dafa. At the end of the conference, the presenting official asked if anyone had any questions. 
Chen Yu raised her hand and asked to be given one minute to speak. She said, Falun Gong is good, unlike the briefing suggested. It is the target of persecution in China. In our camp, about ten people practice Falun Gong. I hope no one here has any misunderstandings about Falun Gong. Many people looked at her in surprise. She realized that her co-workers did not have any bad intentions toward Falun Gong. They just did not know what it was. The next day, the official who gave the presentation at the conference told her, I am sorry, I didn't know what Falun Gong is. The briefing I used yesterday had been passed down from my predecessor, and I simply took it and used it. I have since removed the misinformation on Falun Gong. Chen Yu was happy that the official did the right thing, and she thanked Master for giving her the courage to defend Dafa. Conference attendee Yan Ping is a primary school teacher and has practiced Falun Dafa for 10 years. She said that after attending an experience-sharing conference three years ago, she began getting up early and practicing the exercises every day. She gradually slacked off, however, owing to her work and losing the environment for group practice. She said that listening to the practitioners share at this conference inspired her commitment to practice more diligently. She recounted from the articles just shared, another practitioner said that after a car accident, he looked within and got rid of his attachment to self-interest and his fighting mentality. Yan Ping said that when she reflected on herself, she saw some unpleasant things. In the future, she plans to require herself to follow the Fa principles or the teachings of Falun Dafa. She added, These practitioners' experiences remind us that things we encounter in life, no matter how big or small or detailed, things that are easily overlooked, are arranged to point out to us and wear away our attachments. After listening to the discussions during this conference, I realized that I should study the Fa more attentively, compare my behavior to the Fa, follow its requirements, and truly practice cultivation. There are no small matters in cultivation. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.